welcome back to the Broad Oak Piety Podcast. I have to say, it's been it's been a few weeks since we've been together. Three two, weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, I mm-hmm. have a, a timer that I mount on my wall. Counting know, down? Yeah, this much time since the last episode. and so. Well, you probably actually just sit here waiting for me to show up. I mean, that's well, what... Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I figured. I mean, I, you know, I just... It's been a while, though. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. We've yeah. both had a lot going on, and... I wondered if maybe we could touch on a particular topic. Um, actually, I was traveling, and you got your copy of this book slightly earlier than I did because I was yeah, gone. Yeah, he, he made sure that, that uh-huh. it happened that uh-huh. way. Yeah, you had a special end, but yeah. we were both yeah. waiting for this book that we're going to be reading, Lord willing, over the next few weeks and probably months because it's a thick one. But you were mourning on social media I, that you hadn't received yours yet, and then I responded to you by uh, uh, yeah. posting a photograph to let you know I had already gotten. Yeah. M- Everyone m- was uh, posting their pictures of having gotten this book, yeah. and I'm you know out of the country, mm-hmm. and I can't. I don't have my book, and so you lovingly yep. just sent me a picture of you holding your copy. Uh, but this book is by Matthew Barrett. He is a uh, professor at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and the book is entitled The Reformation as Renewal, Retrieving the One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. Mm-hmm. And for those of you not familiar with Matthew Barrett, that's okay. I mean, he, he's doing a lot of work for Protestants in um, understanding the, the, the creedal and uh, early church foundations of our faith, and you know, I've only I'm only a couple pages into this book. I don't know how far if it, at yeah, all you I'm are. The same. But you know, one of the arguments that he's going to make in this book is that Protestantism that the Reformation was not the beginning of the church or the beginning of a new denomination of mm-hmm. the church, but that it was really a renewal of the one holy Catholic with a little C apostolic church that had through a period of several centuries gone astray, and that in one sense, Protestants don't trace their lineage back to 1517 and Martin Luther, Mm -hmm. but we are the Church of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're looking forward to reading that, but I just thought we could touch on maybe that idea um, of, you know, where Protestantism came from and and how we should think about, you know, being Protestant Christians. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and I think it's needed, and in God's providence, this is a uh, I, I don't know how many of our listeners will know that this is a um, a pretty uh, it, it, a conversation that has it, it has been increasing yeah. over the last few it's years. It's a big one. More, it's a big conversation, uh, and I'm, I think it's good that we're having this conversation. There's a lot of works that are being published that could be categorized, uh, categorized as as, as um, uh, retrieval yeah. projects. What, what, when you when you use that word retrieval, um, because you and I are on the same page about all of this, but yeah. when you use that word retrieval, what what does that mean? Like yeah. if someone's hearing that, what you know, what does the word retrieval within sort of Christian theology mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I think in, in a lot of ways it gets at what what I think our problem is, at least as Protestants, yeah. which is that we have no sense of our history, yeah. this rich faith that we have inherited, right? right. And, and, and a lot of times we don't even link back to the Protestant Reformation. It's even younger than that, right? Yeah. We tend to think of, hey, my church has been here for 50 years. And I, and I know that we, we would say, of course— the universal church has been along around longer than 50 years, but we just think very short term. We don't yeah. give much consideration 
to this rich legacy of faith, this Christian tradition that has been uh, handed down to us right. uh, that we benefit from on a regular basis. We're kind of ignorant of what it is that we benefit from and, and kind of take for granted um, the the... Uh, the, the heritage that is our faith, but these retrieval projects are very much that they're they're reaching back yeah. further and yeah. and and demonstrating that God has always preserved His church. That's and, right. And um, and so even in the subtitle to this book that Barrett wrote that um, you introduced us to here at the, at the beginning of the episode, um, there is this uh, it, it, this book. And other books like it, it's a retrieving um, work of demonstrating that there is one holy Catholic apostolic church. Yeah. That there's not multiple That's right. churches, but that there's one church and there's this one stream of Christianity. Certainly there's... there's yeah. There's different, you know, there's differences as it relates to denominational differences and things like that. But as it relates, and it's expressed very clearly in these Orthodox creeds and confessions, yeah. um, that again, the church, modern church, is wildly ignorant of. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great definition of retrieval. You know, the idea that the church, early church fathers, the early church, uh, the, um, you know, faithful and Orthodox teachings coming from the Middle Ages and right before the Reformation. Th- those those people belong to us. They're part of our family, and that we can retrieve their work, and we can consider, you know, as as the Book of Jude says, just this, uh, you know, uh, faith uh, once for all delivered to the yeah. saints. Right, that, that that we are a part of this stream, and that you know, as Protestants, unlike some of our Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox friends, we don't find the ongoing nature of the Church in a particular structure of right. bishops yeah. and leaders yeah. uh, the the church of christ is wherever the true doctrine and and right confession of doctrine is to be found mm-hmm. and so protestants don't trace their history back to 1517 when right. martin luther nailed some wonderful theses that began a wonderful movement on the door of a church in in germany but our church is the church which christ began right yeah. and every true believer who has faith in christ down through the ages is a part of that one church. But I think the benefit of retrieving works of previous generations is that, particularly in our time and in evangelicalism, there has been this tendency to sort of write theology, books and, you know, uh, lectures and other kinds of things divorced from the work of previous generations. So we may appeal back to the reformers, and when we do that, we may be unaware that the reformers were appealing to early church fathers. Yeah. They were appealing regularly to people, even like Thomas Aquinas yeah. and other kind of medieval thinkers. Yeah. Um, and so if a listener is hearing this and you think, I don't know who you're talking about, right? I don't know. I just know that I, I love Christ and I'm a part of his church. All that this discussion means is that you can know that your faith in Christ connects you to a body that you are a part of that is older than 500 years, that didn't begin in the Reformation, and that you can benefit from what Christians who were faithful wrote in the first, second, third centuries, all the way up to the present day. And that we are sharpened in our thinking theologically when we don't just look at the documents of our current generation. Yeah, that's right. But that we consider what has the church thought about particular issues for the last 2,000 years. Yeah. Yep. What 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 has been the Christian consensus That's as right. it relates to how we read the Bible, how we're interpreting the Bible, versus what 
is novel, what is a new, what is a new interpret, you know, yeah. what is a new inter. In some ways, it helps to provide the river banks That's uh, right. of orthodoxy too. Um, uh, now, one of the things for those that are familiar with the Reformation and and perhaps spend maybe we have some listeners that spend a lot of time reading um, works kind of out of that period, which yeah. are wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe something that they don't know is that, uh, again, they were doing, um, they, they weren't inventing doctrines. You know, the doctrine of justification by faith alone and grace alone and Christ alone, that didn't begin in the Reformation. Yeah. That, you know, and, and the reformers, I think, would be mortified. One of the things that's striking, just again, both, both you and I are just a few pages into this book, but, um, you know, there's this quote Barrett gives at the beginning of the book from Calvin. Mm-hmm. You know, after Calvin's kind of kicked out of of uh, Geneva, yeah. Geneva, and uh, this um, uh, I can't remember the name of the um, the guy who comes into Geneva, and he essentially says, "Come back to Rome. Like you, you are not a part of the true church." Talking right. to the, the those Christians in Geneva, you you um, uh, what you're doing is novel. What you're doing is new. And uh, and the people of Geneva end up reaching out to Calvin, saying, "Help, help us. us! Like <laughs> yeah. help us respond to what this. Do what do we say to this?" And and Calvin very clearly, um, uh, like, debunks that that view, yeah. and in and says that that actually it is us that we're more Catholic than you are That's like right. it, you're you're the one going against this christian tradition that we've inherited yeah. we're trying to recover it That's right. right and 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 biblically speaking that you know I, I think of the passage in ephesians where it speaks about the apostles laying the foundation of the church working from the cornerstone who is christ that's and right. that, that foundation is never to be laid again right and, and in a lot of ways that's what the reformers were doing was drawing attention back to this foundation that was poured and cured and 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 um uh and not not to be laid again and you know over the years uh, within Roman Catholicism there were things that were obscuring uh that faith which we inherited and yeah. so the reformers were very much trying to uh um po- point back to that foundation yeah yeah, uh, yeah. and and i was listening to just uh, another lecturer uh his last name is dozal this past week but he was making the point that you know in some of his own research and you know, he's reading some of the puritans like one of the most famous puritans john owen and when john owen is talking about things like the doctrine of god uh he quotes in his own works which are exhaustive but he quotes in his own works people from the middle medieval period like thomas yeah. aquinas i thought those were the dark ages yeah well <laughs> it depends on how you look at it <laughs> but he does it and dozal's point is he does yeah. it unapologetically yeah he doesn't yeah. feel the need to say well that was before the reformation so we can't really count that but he did say something good. it was almost like what was true doctrinally yeah. down through the ages a puritan like thomas uh you know i mean like john owen is willing to say that this is this is the truth this yeah. is the truth of the word of god um, and you can read someone like Aquinas and, yeah. and see a very clear, crisp, um, uh, articulate way of describing the, the doctrine of God, yeah. right? Or, or, right. or, or, or uh, yeah. Trinitarian theology, right. and, and so can be very helpful in giving us a vocabulary, an yeah. orthodox vocabulary to use as it relates to God. It's interesting. Early in the Reformation, there was, and moving into the Puritan era, there was um, uh, a thinker, um, and it was 
William Perkins, who wrote a work talking about how the, the, the you know, the, the Protestants at the time were the changes that they were seeking to make. Just the Reformed Catholic? The, the Reformed Catholic, yeah. right? Yeah. And the title of the book is, you know, Puritan, long title, but the, the, the two big words are Reformed Catholic. And, you know, many listeners to hear, listening to this will be like, I thought Joey and Ryan were Reformed Baptists. Well, y- yes, that's the room of the larger house of the church that we uh, live in, right? That doctrinal distinctives, we are Reformed in theology and Baptistic in, in practice of baptism. But you could say that, you know, we are, I am a Reformed Catholic with mm-hmm. a little c, meaning that I'm, I'm a part of the the one church of christ that was helpfully reformed yeah versus i became a you know we became protestants and we're this new thing yeah you know um and that's important to yeah, say and we don't need to be afraid of figuring out well this person lived before the reformation so they were roman catholic well yeah. in the west for a thousand years for good or for bad people were mm-hmm. under various popes uh, and many of them were believers. Mm-hmm. Many of them were not. And the Lord brought reformation to his church. Yeah. And so we are Catholic, part of the one church, and reformed, yeah. you know. So when uh, we hear that word Catholic in the way that you and I are using it, yep, we're not, we're not saying Roman Catholic. We're not saying Roman Catholic. Yeah. We're saying Catholic. The word just means one, yeah. right? Universal. Like we're part of the, the one church of Christ, yeah. which is why in our churches we can confess the Apostles' Creed, right. yeah. where we confess that we believe in the you know holy Catholic and apostolic church. Yeah. And we don't mean the church under you know the Pope yeah. of Rome. We mean that the church under King Jesus that has been reformed, um, by his, uh, you know, spirit's work. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to reading this book. Um, you know, Me you too. and I are involved in other writers and readers that are mm-hmm. talking about similar things, but I think it's necessary, particularly in a day where people come to evangelical churches. And if they're not solid, um, uh, teaching churches, those individuals sometimes want to go deeper and they think, you know what? Protestantism is shallow. Maybe I need to become Roman Catholic. Yep. Maybe I need to become Eastern Orthodox. Yep. And I just want to say, wait a minute. You, you you don't need you don't need you don't to become to do yep. you don't need to go to Rome yep. or to the East. You need to just look at where the the the, the Church of Christ, reformed by His yeah. Spirit and by His grace, has come as it's built upon the foundation that we're increasingly retrieving in in this time. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I'm having a conversation right now with a guy I recently met just over the last year. Who uh, he doesn't live here; he lives in a different state. But we got connected through a series of circumstances. But he uh, has been he he's in a Presbyterian church, conservative Presbyterian church, and he's yeah. uh, looking to he's been drifting toward Eastern Orthodoxy because he feels. Like he's not anchored to church history, right? Because and in in the reason that's the case is because by and large, I think a lot of churches are ignorant of um, th- this rich legacy that yeah. we um, are um, uh, benefiting from, and so uh, it, it is very much the mindset of our tradition. Our church started in the 1500s. Yeah, and so there's this itch for some people to say we need to go older than that, but they right. don't realize that what happened in the 1500s was not a new. It was right. not a new thing. It was actually cri- true born again Christians yeah. saying we need to get we need to go older. Yep, and we That's need to exactly go back right. and yep. get back to some of the the foundations that the 
Roman Catholic Church has thrown off, yeah. you know. And, and, you know, it could be beneficial to consider, you know, for our listeners, consider that it is called the Reformation, not the Revolution. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, you know, it, it really was an attempt at reforming. That's right. The Roman Catholic Church, right? Yeah. Call, calling it back to its ancient roots. And um, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, think it, I think it'll be good. So. So maybe we give the book title again in case anybody's yeah, interested yeah. in. Yeah, so that, that book is called The Reformation as Renewal, Retrieving the One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. It's by a thousand Matthew pages. Barrett. Yeah, it's a thousand and nine <laughs> pages. So, you know, maybe once you and I work our way yeah. through it 10 years from now, we yeah. can do a, yeah. a follow-up podcast right. on it. But uh, it's, it's good stuff, you know. And uh, I have to say, I'm actually encouraged that a Georgia boy owns a book. It's that, over a thousand pages. Uh, well, I, besides so, the Bible, yeah, I use it as a uh, paperweight, like a, yes. a doorstop. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not using it to read, huh? Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Well, either way, it's good to be back with you, brother. Yeah, always good. Same here. And uh, Lord willing, we'll record sooner than three weeks from now. Probably not, though. Hmm. Mm-hmm.